What you need to know is that B-Real's in the studio, and he's coming up in a second here. But what you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lindsay, what do you got here real quick? All right, really quick. Congratulations are in order for Michael B. Jordan, who on Wednesday received uh, one of the highest honors in show business, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The ceremony comes during a busy time for him as his directorial debut, yeah, Creed. Creed 3. Yeah, it opens in theaters this weekend, and a lot of people are loving it already. Of course, Jordan is most famous for acting in Creed, Black Panther, and for being Laura's celeb crush. Yeah. You, you know that, Laura, you know this, right? He used to live right across the street. I know. I heard he used to run yeah. without his shirt off. Damn it. <laughs> when Michael B. Jordan, when he was a young actor, used to be used to live right in one of those buildings right across the street from Staples Center, and, or Crypto Now, but back then it was Staples Center. And yeah, he was all always around and uh that was God the first time me. i saw him was when he came over to do <laughs> i think he came over to do sports nation when we had that show with beetle and all them and marcellus and all them uh over there and uh he was in there recently because they were filming you know they do those espn commercials for for creed like the promos mm-hmm. and uh so he was doing that with neil and stan the other day so it uh, shout out to him i can't wait to watch the movie like i'm a big rocky creed guy so i'm 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 there for sure when i'm when when it comes out this weekend so that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So in the house, we have legend. A legend. Be Look real. Southgate him. in the house. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming in, man. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. So I got a number of things I want to talk to you about. Like, obviously, you're doing this collaboration with LAFC again, and that's yeah. awesome, and, and we love it. And our guy Mario here, and no yeah. one... Yeah. No one is bigger on the LAFC than this man right you know, here. LAFC. He is he is blood, sweat, and tears with the LAFC. Cap, so. where you at? If I'm in studio, I'm expecting to see you, my man. I'm not around that often. Where you well, at? I know. And, and you know what happened today, Mario? Um, George and I practiced pickleball earlier today, and then we I did. had to go back to South South LA. You got hurt. No, 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 no. Okay, no. okay, good, good. Just good. like, just like your new hit, the the new joint that you dropped, living it up. Yep. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. I, I got my daughter's first track meet tonight. I can't miss that. Yeah, exactly. He's got to be there. Feel valid, me? valid. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Doubt. for sure, for sure. So I got a lot of stuff we want to talk to you about, but let me start with something that I I didn't realize until we were we were told that you were going to be in here because I was like, oh, let me see what else you know I can dig up on Be Real that I didn't know whatever. Obviously, I followed you guys, Cypress Hill. You know, when I was growing up, was like the group right like we wanted to we listen to all your music sometimes on the down low because yeah. uh, you know mom and pops didn't want us to listen True that. Low key. Um, Low but, key. <laughs> but but i didn't know that mellow man ace yep. was an original member of the group yeah i mean um it the movement started on cypress avenue which was the street that uh send dog and, and mellow and their family lived in southgate right and we sort of all congregated there you know on the front porch many a night um, and that's where we all hung out and we're, you know, sort of um, trying to get a strategy on on what we were going to do with with our lives in terms of uh, the rap music and stuff like that. Right. And yeah, it all started there. He was he was one of us. He actually was uh, one of the first ones who showed me how to write a song. I was into poetry loosely. And so I would write and he noticed that. And I noticed that uh, he was going in from being a b-boy like breaking and stuff like that yeah. onto the mic now right um because some people transition like that you know sometimes you went from b-boy to you know turntablist or right or you got on the mic or you you know did the graffiti on the wall he went from uh break dancing onto the mic and i went from popping onto the mic okay and, and he sort of uh he you know he showed me how to, the structure of how you write a rap 
to how to transform a poem into a rap to make it lock on beats. So, you know, he was the first one to actually I, get me in. I mean, listen, if I, I'm going to tell you, I, I had a lot of, I had, I, I definitely bought the single of Mentirosa, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, when I was right. a little kid growing up. Because first of all, I'm Cuban. I know you're half Cuban yes. too. So yes, there were not a lot of people like us no. making that, making music, period, in English. So yeah. the fact that there was anybody, I was drawn to them immediately. And that also led me to you guys. Yeah, he kicked in the door for, you know, a lot of Latinos, him and Kid Frost. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, once we came out, a lot of people didn't even know that Send Dog is was his older brother. You know what I mean? I did they, not know they, that. They yeah, did, they didn't know that. Yeah. for a long time, we just right. we never really talked about the connection. He did his thing, right. we did ours, and they were you know sort of separate styles of hip hop. Sure, uh, uh, from what you know, the differences of what he did and what we did. So no one made the connections until you know they would see us out somewhere, and he was hanging with us, or we took him on tour with <laughs> yeah. us, and and hung out or you know someone dug the information out hey you know this is it true your younger brother is a mellow man ace and send dog of course yeah. yeah so you know we all had the same dreams you know fortunately you know like the hip-hop um seed that was planted within us from run dmc you know right. it was something that we could all see ourselves doing and we did it for fun for a long time until mellow got in the door he got in the door first with uh, delicious vinyl and then eventually Capitol Records, and then we eventually get in through um, Rough House Sony. Um, but yeah, him and DJ Muggs were the first two that got in from our squad. Hey B, when you um, can I say B or yeah, should I say Mr. Real? No, he's <laughs> okay. So so when when you guys are kids and it's the late eighties and it's the early nineties, you just mentioned Run DMC, right? And you know they had two guys plus Jam Master J, so there were multiple voices. Yeah. Like when you guys were sitting around, who else other than Run DMC were you talking about? And how did you guys think to yourselves, well, we're going to get into that? Well, you know, we listened to all sorts of, of, of hip hop. I mean, from the solo artist to like Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Cool G Rap, and of course LL Cool J. Um, but we, you know, there was, there was something special about a group to us. So like guys like... Um, Run DMC, obviously. The Beastie Boys were huge yeah. to us. Mm -hmm. EPMD, Houdini, and uh, groups like that, they were huge influence on us. And most importantly, you know, Public Enemy. They were, like, yeah. huge to us. And, and uh, they were sort of the, you know, like, Run DMC was the initial influence, but Public Enemy was, like, everything to us and and also you know i have to mention de la soul and rest in peace mm -hmm. dave because yeah. they were big to us too we were like we we heard something that they were doing that was different than anybody else in terms of what the east coast hip-hop sound was was putting out and uh you know that that's sort of where we got our role from you know everything had to be distinct and have a sound so you know from those groups i mentioned you know they all had a sound when it came on you knew exactly who it was and you know from there that's how we developed our our sound we're like we got to have our own sound. oh immediately yeah. the whenever whatever record came on like you knew it was you guys for sure well, every we, single we time tried there to, it is right there tried to make it that way yeah you know? no but you know what though but you hear i do i hear influence from run dmc yeah. right from beastie boys yeah. yeah you know i i that's why i was so curious to hear they were you know, what you're going to say about that yeah they were huge to us you know and uh Fortunately, we got to collaborate with the Beastie Boys at some point. They asked us to be on a remix um, 
uh, to So What You Want, and that was like big for us because we were the biggest Beastie Boy fans. And uh, we unfortunately, we never got to collaborate with Run DMC or nothing like that. But I mean, they were always someone that they were always a group that we looked at as the pioneers. If it wasn't for them, none of us are able to get in the way we got in, in terms of success and in terms of people being open to hip hop because they opened it up. Really, you know, it existed before them and groups were on the radio and and getting radio play and and some notoriety but they they blasted the doors open so and like the first thing that I ever heard that flipped me you know cuz I I was a metal fan in the beginning I I mean I listened to everything growing up in LA you know I had brother a lot of brothers and sisters and they all listened to different stuff you know like KRLA with the old school right the the doo-wop you know, yeah. old, you know, old soul, old funk, and all that stuff. And my mother was into the the salsa music. Yeah. She came from Cuba and all that stuff. And so the fair share of Celia Cruz, yeah. Gran Cambo, and, and 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 all them. And uh, she liked also like the Beatles and what we consider classic rock now. Yeah. And my father, he liked the doo wop stuff and 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 things like that. So I grew up to a lot of different things, but. The main thing that I was listening to when I was hanging out with my cousins or friends, I was listening to metal, you know, like Ozzy, what? Ozzy Osbourne, Blacks, uh, uh, before Black, before I knew what Black Sabbath was, yeah, because this is when he's already doing his solo stuff. Uh, Rush, ACDC, ACDC in the eighties, yeah, um, man, yeah, all that Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to all that, and, yeah, and uh, now Van Halen. I'm gonna ask you a question because this is a debate we have all the time. Yes. David Lee Roth David or Lee Sammy Roth. Hagar? David Lee Roth. That that's my man. See? Now I'll say this. That's not to say that. No, it's not to say that Sammy Hagar was bad. Yeah, he wasn't bad. No, he was good. Because they they sold more records under Hagar. Right. It's just the vibe. Yeah. Was different. See, Cappy. Yeah, I know. But be real. What happened to me was I went to see um, <laughs> David Lee Roth when he got reunited with Van Halen. Oh yeah. And, oh, and it wasn't. And, good. and he forgot the words to Panama. <laughs> And started screaming at everybody on stage. And he's like, you guys should be lucky. I even remember these words. It's been 20 years. I'm like, David Lee, bro, first of all, it's just Panama. That's number one. Secondly, you look like Barry Manilow all of a sudden. What happened? You are not wrong there. And you know what? He was pulling the same deal back when he he was in his 20s. Because back then, he was was partying too hard to remember the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. I I got a chance to see them when they came to, um, when it was Staples Center. Yeah. Um, They, you know, they they threw the first reunion tour there where Wolfgang was playing bass. Yeah, I saw that. And that was a pretty good show. I I was pleasantly surprised that he could sing the notes. (laughs) Yeah. um, Close because yeah. I, you know, we've we've heard some of the stuff yeah. out there. Yeah. It was like, whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, now let me ask you for you guys, all right? You know, you guys are on the scene, right? Uh, Insane in the brain is blowing up, right? It's getting all the radio play. Everyone's hearing it. Kids are loving it. Parents probably not so much, but kids are loving it. But that's when you know you got something when the kids love it and the parents don't. Right. That's generally the way of music. That is okay. What is the first? big moment in your brain with you guys no pun intended where you're like oh we have we have arrived um (laughs) as funny as this is gonna sound um before anybody knew who we were right you know there was a go-to mall we would go to it was montebello town center right (laughs) (laughs) who knows why yeah but we go there yeah no one knew who the hell we were back then you know (laughs) so 
from one from one year to the next after insane is out there and now it's blown up right we try to go back to that mall and you know we're not even thinking like we're just we're we're not where you always went yeah yeah and we get in there and a swell of people start coming at us like oh my god it's cypress hill here and We end up getting kicked out of the mall because, you know, we're causing a commotion. There's like 300 people trying to get autographs and, you know, like going crazy for us. And that's something we had never experienced. And and that's when I knew I'm like, oh, it's different now. Yeah. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Just uh, just a great idea just came to me right now. (laughs) Be real, you know what we should do? We should get you to perform a number at the Mandy's 2 this upcoming year, which is our big award show. Oh, boy. So here's the deal. We do an award show to celebrate ourselves, which is kind of like, well, it's no different than Hollywood in a lot of ways. I guess it's the way we look. But we decided to do it ourselves, too. And it actually was a surprising success. Like, we didn't know what the hell we were getting into. It was a success because you guys won all the trophies. That's why. (laughs) Well, our show did win a lot of them. Our show did win a lot of them. But it's because we get – because we have – People like you, who are uh, friends of the show, bringing people like Be Real to the right, show. Right. What's wrong with celebrating yourself? Yeah. No, right. no, I'm with you. I'm with you, but I think it's funny that we do that. But it's, it, you're right. It's no but come on, George. Anyway. What an idea, right? To have Be Real like perform a number at yeah, the Mandy's? I, I feel like no, and, and I'm not, I don't want to. See, this is the thing about you'll learn about Cap. He loves to impose himself on everyone and then make you and impose on you in this right. scenario. So now, be real. It would be great if you did that, but we don't understand if you've got other things going on. When no, are the come Mandy's? On, man. Yeah. Dude, dude well, last year it was in Montebello. Are you kidding? It, it was, was in Montebello. We did it at QC. Oh, my God. We did it at QC. Quite can't. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still yeah. I, I might, I might have. I might we're have going to Commerce this time. We're going to the casino there in Commerce. Right. Yeah. 
My, we'll send my, a car for you, dude. My aunt used to work there back in the day. <laughs> my aunt used, one of my aunts used to work there back in the day. At QC? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, QC no, was- No, 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 at the Oh, at the, at the Commerce Casino. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so, anyway, we can we can get your- uh, We'll send out your invite. How about that? Right on. We'll, that we'll works. That, that we'll, works. We'll send that an invite for you. Um, so, right. You go to the mall, and then when you guys start, like, all of a sudden getting, like, recognized, not not locally anymore, but now all of a sudden you're getting the national fame, right? The writing about you, like the Rolling Stones, this, that, and the other. Like, you're changing the game in a lot of ways um, in regards to the way music is being produced and, and being put out there. Like, at what point did you guys get people that you started to maybe mentor a little bit or people that were coming up to you say, hey, you were the influence for me. Who were those people? Uh, wow. Um one of them that I remember specifically, most specifically, was Method Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, I ran into him at a club in New York before like they came on, and uh, he stopped me and, and said something to that effect, like, hey, man, you influenced us and in, in this, that, and the other. And I, I st sat there chopping it up with him, and we sort of lost track of time. I didn't know who he was at the time yet, you know, apparently. They were just coming up. Right. And... Uh, you know, years later, he was like, hey, man, I don't know if you remember this, but we were at the tunnel and which was a, a like one of the legendary hip hop clubs in New York. And, you know, I stopped you. I didn't think you were going to stop. I thought you were going to keep on going. And we ended up having a conversation. I thought that was everything. And, you know, I, I was like, all right, man, cool. You know, like because Chuck D did the same thing for me at a club here once you know growing up in LA a lot of us from certain places we don't approach celebrities because we know sometimes they could be very much not pleasant yeah and we might have to beat somebody up yeah you don't <laughs> want to beat up Chuck D right and and so you know we were always very hesitant to approach we'd be like admire from far but this was Chuck D right and he didn't have his hat on and he didn't have the S1W's and Flav wasn't around. He was totally by himself. And we rolled up on him and we're like, hey, Chuck, man, we love you guys. We love what you do, man. And we just wanted to come over and say what's up and, you know, just keep killing it. And, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. Hopefully one day we'll be up there with you. And he was like, hey, man, you keep doing what you're doing, you know, put the work in. And maybe one day you will be, you know, doing what we do man and thank you for the love and i always thought that was cool so you know from that point on i told one of my boys man that chuck is one of the coolest mofos ever right. if i ever get on that's how i'm gonna be with my people you know what i mean and yeah, it's cool i i carried that torch and it was funny is it um i we had years later fast forward to let's just say when we did um smoking grooves tour and Public Enemy and Cypress Hill are on this tour together. Yeah. For the first time we're touring with them. Um, and we had um, what is known now as a meet and greet booth. But back then we we would just go and sign autographs, be with our fans, do the pictures and and all that for nothing. This was just us like yeah. finding a way to connect Paying with our fans. Paying back to your yeah. grassroots, by yeah. the yeah, way. They didn't have to buy nothing. Right, right. We were just there, you know, shaking hands taking pictures and no other bands were doing this um backstage or or out there in the crowd because we put we put our our booth out in the crowd right and uh we had no security we just went out there and we invited chuck right I'm like hey chuck if you want to come out and be with the fans and he goes what, what are you guys doing i'm like well you know we're just sitting we're just spending time with the fans before we go on stage it was really so we bring him to the booth, 
and you know he sees a line of like two three hundred kids and he goes like wow you guys are doing this what made you think of this i said it was the five minutes you gave me at the penthouse lounge in la and then he proceeds to tell me hey look an older artist told me the five minutes you give your fans is something they remember forever whether it's a positive moment or a negative moment and it's that five minutes you give and that the five minute rule has always been with me and i passed that on to meth yeah and so, you know, that's that's the most notable one that, that I could remember is when Method Man told me because it came all the way from Chuck. Right. And who knows where he got it from. He yeah. never told me. But, yeah. you know, that that's I I stay with that because our fans build us up. They're everything. So we got to be able to spend that time with them. That's cool, man. That is really cool. That is super cool. All right. So can I ask the question, which, you know, Mario's in. Uh, the LAFC is getting ready to kick off, right? So how did this all happen? How did you get involved with the organization? Um, I mean, they knew I was a fan, I guess. And uh, the, the problem was I was never able to go to games because we were always out, out on tour. Right. And, you know, with the way that everything had played out in those last couple of years, we we didn't really have any touring plans because, you know, things were still not fully back yet. Right. But when the games came, you know, we 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 had open schedules, and you know, they asked me to come down to a game. A game after they asked me for a song, they asked me if I would do a song for them, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, yeah. Team LA, let's go!" Yeah. <laughs> and so DJ Flick sent me the track, and he had Kid Ink on it, and it was an easy snap. And the, the beat to me was was tight. There Kid it is, Ink, right there. Yep. Yes, Kid Ink killed it. So I was like, you know what? This is an easy plug-in, and I love the team. I was born and raised here in LA, so it's it's easy. Let's go. And so, once once I did the song, they started inviting me to the games. They're like, "Hey, would you want to come see the game?" And the first game I went to, I I I, I sat there, um, you know, on in the front row or what, what do they it's call like it? celebrity yeah, row? Yeah. Celebrity yeah, row, yeah, yeah, yeah. right there on the pitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was right there by the pitch, and and um, I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" Because I seen the whole stadium is just. Filled it's with, crazy. It's crazy, and 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 I underestimated that because I hadn't been to any of the games. Right, you know, this was my first one, and seeing it filled to the rim, and then the most eye-opening part is the thirty-two fifty-two. The supporter section, section is yes, insane too. Was the yeah. most insane section. Like I've been to, to to every sports game here played in Los Angeles. Yeah, all of them. Right, there was no vibe quite like that one. Yep. And so I said, the next game I come to, I want to go up there. Yeah. And so they took me up there, and the drum, the 3252 drum line allowed me to play drums with them. Oh, nice. Because I play percussions. Right. And uh, when I finished, I was like, they won the game. Yeah. Right? We were like, yeah, we were feeling the vibe, because yeah. we were creating the vibe with the with the drums and all that stuff, and then they kill it. They they, And every game I came to after that, I played drums, and I brought in our... One of our my, my bandmates from Cypress Hill, Eric Bobo, who is our drummer and percussion player, brought him up there, and we became a part of the thirty two fifty two section. They embraced us with open arms, and that's where we watched the game. We don't even watch; we're drumming. Yeah, nice. with them, we're watching and drumming. I should say, right? And well, soccer allows for that. You can yes. you can keep an eye on that yes. while still doing your thing. It's yeah. the most yeah. awesome vibe, man. Yeah. You know, getting to support the team and be there and and help create the vibe. Um. What do you it, got? Like one snare? You got three tom toms? What kind of drums are we talking? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a row of 
you know, like kick drums, a, a row of snares, a yeah. row of toms and stuff like that. It's a pretty, pretty robust section of, of percussions. Um, it, it, it gets pretty loud too, man. Oh yeah. I, I remember the first time I went up there, I didn't have my, um, my ear, my ear pieces yeah. and my ear was ringing for like a month after <laughs> yeah. that. I was like, no way. Next time. Friggin' my ear. But to, a day. to your point, it, it is one of the best atmospheres oh, yeah. I've been to. Like to your point, like I I I grew up in Miami, you know, but yeah. I I've lived here for seven years now, and I've been to all of them. Okay, yeah. and I've been every single arena, every single venue, and that place. I've been there only a couple of times, but mm -hmm. it is always live every single time you're in that building. Listen, I, you know, I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. And I've I, I went to the championship games with with Kobe and Shaq right. and with uh, Kobe and Gasol and, and Odom and all them and it was Buck you know it was crazy yeah. you know in those championship games but it was in those championship games only where you see this kind of crazy energy right whereas every game yeah LAFC, that section yeah. it's like it's a championship game yeah there's a lot of pride a lot of passion. And I mean, you know, if you're from LA, you you gotta love that. It reminds me of the way that the black hole was when it with was the Raiders, yeah, old school. Hey, um, yeah. be real, just real quick. Um, you just used a word that I've not ever heard before, and I will definitely use it. But I just want to make sure I use it properly. So he has how many? You have four children, one in high school, three in college. So he yeah. tries to he tries to pick up the language. That oh, they, so yeah. I screwed so up. Bad. So I yeah. screwed up today, and yeah. I said high key, and he meant low key, I, but I meant low key. Yeah, right. Low yeah, key. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you just used a word, buck. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now I, I, it sounds lit. <laughs> it sounds dope AF. But tell me how to use buck properly, please. You know that's like if someone's like getting getting wild, like yeah. getting crazy yeah. or or on one. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it, it, it's the short terminology for the old school term yeah. buck wild. Yeah. yeah. I, there, you there you go. I, there you go. See, so did right, you understand buck. that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got it. Okay. I will be we using that immediately. <laughs> immediately, I will be incorporating that high key. So so that we're not so that we're not played out. We just say buck now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just shorten it up. Just shorten cool. it up. Can't be on the Mandy stages game, Buck Wild. Yeah. Oh, there you, you go. There you oh, go. I'm going no, Buck. No. There you go. We could just go Buck. Now we just played the the song too. So, but there's a new version, it's a revamped version yes, of this song for the LAFC. Revamped version yeah. for our Latino peoples out there. Yeah. I flipped the version hey. in Spanish, um, yeah. which which was cool. I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't expect that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> there's a lot of us out here yeah, in for LA, sure. yeah. so why not? You know, and. Uh, uh, a lot of people ask me to do more Spanish um, songs and stuff like that, so it, it's it's one of those things where it's 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 kind of a filling a, a want of some of our fans, and at the same time, you know, it's it's flexing a skill that I have that yeah. I don't flex enough, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. It's challenging because I mean, it's it's. Um, English is my first language. I was born yeah. here. My mother was born in Cuba and my father in Mexico, but I was born here. Yeah. So, but I always, you know, they always spoke Spanish to me. So yep. I understood it and could speak back. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was in my teens where I would actually had enough confidence to speak Spanish, you know, in front of people. I mean, teens is crazy it's because crazy. I'm, I'm a grown ass man. And even mm -hmm. now, like, I mean, I, I, it wasn't until honestly I was much older than that where I yeah. felt like confident where I could have a real conversation with people. For I, sure. I still 
have that hang up. Like yeah. if I have a couple of drinks, I could totally have the conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not caring how I how I sound. But, <laughs> but when I'm like this, yeah. oh man, I'd be having yeah. anxieties. Am I saying? Am yeah. I gonna say? Right. This you don't right? want to say it, right? Because I mean, my my mom or my grandma would be like, "Es un disparate." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'd just be like, "You're talking nonsense." You know? Yeah. So I feel you. I get it. Man. I dos mio. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Exactly. That's there. You go. Uh, be real. LAFC is coming soon. The new joint is out. Laura, we have it here? There we go. My dude, thank you so much. You are a legend, um, not only in the music industry, but to this community. And we thank you so much for just being in the studio and hanging out with us for a few minutes. Hey, thank you for the invite. And if I am in town, I will run through the Mandy's and, you know, Get buck. Splash a song yeah, and, yeah. Get right. buck. and get buck. Get buck. I'll tell you right now. I go. hear a collab with Bad Bunny coming in oh. Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, B-Real. Appreciate you. Right on. Go LAFC. Season right. Lakers. Opener. This Saturday yes, season sir. opener. This Saturday season opener. Uh, all right, coming up next. What do we got next, Lindsay? Uh, Blake's going to be next. All right, so we're going to do Blake next. We'll do our Dodger segment next. We'll do uh, Big Deal No Deal at the end. We got our own version of Bieber. We got Blake. Can we just stop for a quick second here and acknowledge how cool we are? No, that, we're not cool. Be real is cool, and we were lucky to, that he was able to share some coolness with us. No, no, but that's my point. Yeah. Is that is that to have be real on this show, and already everybody in the circle of trust is like, bring on more LA hip hop or just music legends. I bring would totally in, do it. Yeah, and I'm in. I'm down. Yeah. Um, low key in a big way. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to get Buck all up in it. Oh, Jesus. But here's the thing. What does that even mean? Buck all up in it? Yeah, it means, like, get Buck wild. Yeah. You know, like, but you shorten it down to Buck. (laughs) Okay. So so here's the thing. Um, Just got to just feel how cool it feels right now to have been doing that interview and simultaneously to have been listening to that interview on 710. Just acknowledge it for a second. Just feel it. You feel it? I felt it, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It was great. Thank you. And from that, we go to Blake. Hi, Blake. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a tough transition because I got a lot to uh, a lot to follow from that. I feel like maybe if I would have been pushed back to like at least six forty-five. I, I did suggest to Lindsay. I did Blake. Blake. I did suggest to Lindsay we could do six forty-five with Blake, and that way you're 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 just coming off a regular old Sedano and Cap segment, right? Um, you know, but you know, she's like, let's get, she felt bad. She didn't want to keep you waiting any longer. I was nice of her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We already moved him once. Very very nice of Lindsay. Yeah. Very nice. But I, I'll do my best to try to follow up that great interview, but, uh, no promises. Did you catch any of it? I caught, I was able to catch the last 15 minutes and, uh, you guys, you guys killed it. That was a great interview. And I agree with what everyone's been saying in the circle of trust, like, Get more of that on. Have more content like that on the radio show because that's what the people that are listening in the city of L.A. want to hear. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'll tell you something else. We blew up the clock without any apology whatsoever. No, I just said the hell right. with it. Yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. And so, and that's the kind of content that keeps everybody listening. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe, maybe you don't. That was not necessarily rhetorical. I was actually oh. looking for an answer. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah, also I looking at saying. the text you just sent Mario in our text chat here. Yeah. Well, I got a text from a guy who was like, yo, it's Scooter from the band Cold. Can't believe you guys are having him on. Be real. It's my man. Yeah. 
And then, of course, told me many stories that probably a, a lot of other people have. Yeah. I was with Be Real here, and we were doing this. All right, how, how great was that story, though, about him, Method Man, him being kind of passing it along, right? Like, you know, to Method Man, just being cool with him, giving him a few minutes, right? And then Chuck D was the guy who gave him a few minutes. It's just right. like, it's always cool to just pay it forward. Just give people a few minutes. It's all good, you know? Yeah. And you never know, truth be told, not to get, like, overly corny on everybody, but you never know when just being nice to somebody for just five minutes, can influence their lives, you know? And if you've ever had somebody come back to you and go, hey, man, I don't know if you remember this, but you, you, you talked to me about this. Like, okay, and that, really, that had an impact? Well, gosh, thanks for telling me. So way to go, Chuck D. Yeah. Way to go, Be Real. And uh, way to go, Method Man. Yeah, for sure. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. And by the way, if you missed it, um, you can listen to the podcast. You should you should already be subscribing to the Sedano and Cap podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, ESPN LA app, ESPN app, whatever. Um, because we have Blake on every week, but you should now do it for for sure if you want to hear it. And, yeah. and I'll tell you something else, George. Yeah. The social media team, okay, just throwing out a suggestion, guys, yeah. but you cut that out by itself and you let it sit alone on the YouTube channel. Yeah. So it's not just caught up in the show. It's its own standalone piece of content yeah, I would agree. that you can tweet. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Social media people. Tommy, if you're still listening, shouts out to you. Uh, all right, Blake, let's do this. Hi, Blake. Um, let's talk to you, actually. So, yeah, all of a sudden, big problem at shortstop now. What the hell are you going to do if you're the Dodgers? Yeah, I mean, this thing, it's days later, and it's still just so frustrating, the whole thing with Gavin Lux. And, you know, we talked about this so many times this offseason, guys, about how I, I kept saying how thin – the Dodgers were when it came to their infield bet and it, it's going to take a major hit now so obviously Miguel Rojas he looks like he's going to be the go-to guy he even dropped out of the world baseball classic today he was going to play for his home team of Venezuela but he knows that he needs to get more reps in for the Dodgers so major shout out to him but it's going to be Miguel Rojas Chris Taylor is going to get some action as well and outside of that uh I, there's no one. I think they might be having open tryouts. So if you guys want to set up a, a circle of trust, uh, meet up at Dodger Stadium when they hold those tryouts for a starting shortstop, because if one of these guys gets hurt, uh, they're going to be in some serious trouble. Actually, that's an unbelievably good idea, Blake. What we should do, George, is we should set up a workout one day, invite everybody who thinks that they can play shortstop for the Dodgers to show up, and whoever is the best shortstop from our workout gets a tryout with the Dodgers. That's an amazing idea, Blake. We might find sure some talent. No beers there. If there's no, as long as there's no beers there, I stand a shot. But All right. if we uh, start having an episode of uh, Union Station, I don't think I'll be making the cut. But, but Blake, think about this for a second. You lose Corey Seager, you go to Trey Turner. You lose Trey Turner, you go to Gavin Lux. You lose Gavin Lux, you go to Miguel Rojas. I mean, how far behind a Corey Seager or a Trey Turner is a Miguel Rojas? How, how much of a downgrade would it be, both offensively and so defensively? I, I will start on the positive. Out of all these shortstops they've had over the years, Miguel Rojas is by far the best defensively. Now, offensively, that's another story. He is by far the worst. I mean, when you talk about league average hitting, they like to say OPS plus is like the go-to stat. A league average OPS is about 100. To put it into context, Cody Bellinger last season had an OPS plus of 78, and he was one of the worst hitters in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. Miguel Rojas had an OPS plus of 72. So this is a hitter that's even worse than Cody Bellinger. So I think that can answer your question right there. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big deal. 
I mean, when you look at who the last two shortstops have been for the Dodgers, you know, and then there was no guarantee that Gavin Lux was going to be the answer, but at least he was going to get the first shot. You know, and, and you're right. right. I mean, it's it's a week later, and it's still kind of hard to believe. Poor kid, you know. I mean, get that sort of an injury this early in spring training. Shame. Um, what yeah. what should they do? Should they go out and try to get somebody? So I I think they should at least test the trade market, see what kind of shortstop are available. The only problem is, I think if there is one that becomes available, they might have to overpay for someone. So I don't think they go that route. Now, George, and this is something you might like. When we were talking about this actually on my, my podcast the other day, my co-host brought this up. This could actually potentially make a Brian Reynolds trade. Oh, that much more enticing for the Dodgers because now you have Miguel Vargas, who was obviously going to be seeing time at second base. Well, maybe if you move Mookie Betts into second base, like they've been talking about, wanting to get him more reps there now that you know they lost Gavin Lux, you might have an extra outfield spot that you need available. So I know a lot of people are putting together these hypothetical shortstop trades, but just one that you know you could potentially think of if they do move Mookie Betts or they do move some shuffling around. That could allow them to potentially bring in Brian Reynolds because they do need another bat with the you know the exit of Gavin Lux. So uh, maybe that's something the Dodgers consider. Maybe that's something they think of because it still sounds like he's requesting a trade. So I think that's one that potentially could go down if the Dodgers opt to not actually trade for a starting shortstop. But let's just say they don't. So now is Chris Taylor really? I mean, he he seems to be the kind of ball player that can pretty much play anywhere. But could he be? I don't know if I'd call him an everyday shortstop, but even a fill-in shortstop. He's the kind of guy that you want out there when it's the seventh inning and the Dodgers are up by eight runs, or if it's September, like in last year when the Dodgers had a 30-game lead in the division. Mm -hmm. If this is a tight, tight you know, division race come August, come September, I don't think the Dodgers are necessarily going to be too comfortable if they're having to rely on Chris Taylor. And I also don't think they're going to be happy if they have to rely on Miguel Rojas. So I, they, they were solid options considering they were backups to Gavin Lux. Like, I, I think the Dodgers were fine there. But, yeah, now throwing them into the fire, having to ask Miguel Rojas to be your everyday starting, starting shortstop, uh, it's, I, I do wonder, again, I, I know that the Dodgers are creative. They're smart. They know more stuff than we do. But – I just find it hard to believe that the Dodgers, they can take this team the way it's built with all the money they've spent and play 162 games and go into the playoffs. Relying on Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor, I I just don't think that they're proven enough. I don't think you can rely on them. So I I guess we'll just wait and see. I mean, maybe a week from now we're talking about a brand-new shortstop, but I think they go with those two guys for the season. Yeah. Did I just hear you? Did I just hear you pull a Sedano sign and then I Sedano side after? Right. What? What's with the double sign? I mean, he's right though. Like it's just it. This is a really challenging situation for them. Already in a, you know, the infield was already going to be challenging enough, right, Blake? That's just kind of the way I look at yeah. it. Where I think you're going to have to really see what some of these kids can do this spring to get a real feel for what you can do during the regular season. I mean, it's it's the craziest thing with this injury because Gavin Lux, I mean, it's not like they lost a Freddie Freeman. They didn't lose a Mookie Betts. You know, Gavin Lux probably isn't a top-five player in that lineup, but because they were relying on him so much, I mean, they let Trey Turner walk because they banked on Gavin Lux being the go-to guy. They didn't sign a lot of these top-tier shortstops. Dansby Swanson, he was a name we talked about numerous times this offseason. They opted to not give one of these guys $200 million 
because they believed in Gavin Lux. You know, he was going to be a guy that was finally going to take that leap. He was finally going to potentially be that all-star caliber shortstop that he was expected to be when he was the best player in the minors, you know, so many years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it, it truly is detrimental, you know, for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, you, you feel for the guy, but they're going to be tested because a lot of these young rookies now who maybe weren't going to be expecting to see as much playing time as they should have, they're going to be thrown right into the mix. So uh, there are going to be a lot of guys fighting for playing time and these spring training games over the next couple of weeks. There you have it. Balake. Balake breaking it down. Uh, we'll see what they do, man. But I, I, I feel like this yeah. Dodger team, the, Cappy and I were alluding to it earlier today. There's just going to be a lot of questions, right? Like, yeah, you know, Kershaw's to me is always a question, right? Uh, Syndergaard is going to be a question. Um, the bullpen to me, it, you know, look, that's as vol- it's like a volatile stock. You never really know what you're going to get until you get there. Um, and right. then, of course, all the infield stuff. Like this is as this could be as challenging a season as the Dodgers have had in a number of years. It is interesting to hear you say that because Blake, I think everybody still feels like. It's the Dodgers division. They won 111 games last year. Yeah, they got knocked out by the Padres, but what did the Padres really accomplish? And yet now, when you look at that Padres roster and you look at the Dodgers roster and what's happened here in the early part of spring training, I wonder, are Dodger fans not as confident? Yeah, I mean, based on kind of what you've seen, I mean, pretty much already entering kind of spring training in the season, a lot of Dodgers fans were down on this team entering the season just based on, how much talent they did lose, like George said. I mean, there are question marks everywhere. I mean, like like he said, in the start. Uh-oh. Oh, damn it. Oh, man, he was just about to get on a good roll. Yeah, too. He, he was rolling. I know. Yeah. He's just about to really go through everything. You know, all yeah, the I wonder marks. if he's driving. He's probably not driving, is my guess. He's probably just got bad reception where he's at. So yeah. Lindsay's working on it right now, though, because I really want to. Do you remember the last thing he said? Probably not, is my guess. He was saying that uh, there were question marks everywhere, and he was just about to All start right, there going you go. Into Blake, him. question marks everywhere, go. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Question marks everywhere. I don't know what's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers win 87 games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win 102 games. Oh, That's wow. a pretty big discrepancy is what I would say, 15 games. <laughs> yeah, 15 games, exactly yeah. right. Nice pretty math, much very any, quick. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere between 81 and 110, they'll win somewhere in that general vicinity, I'll say. All right. All right, fair enough. Uh, Balake, uh, you got anything else for us? No, nothing else. Um, luckily, you know, no injuries have happened since, but yes, yeah, a lot, a lot to follow. Yeah. A lot to follow this spring training. Like you said, a lot of questions. Jason Hayward, is he going to make the club? We'll have to wait and see. That's that's the biggest. Oh my God, of Jason Dodgers. Hayward! I completely forgot he's on this roster. Shelby Miller, right, is also on this roster. Don't forget about Bradley Zimmer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will. I will say this though, and I, I don't want to get you know a little too worried yet, but we are nearly a week into spring training games, and Clayton Kershaw is nowhere to be found on the playing field. Mm. Oh, so, oh, you know what? Save that one for when we come back to you next week. Sounds good. I'll I, save it. I'll put I, it in the archives. There it is. Uh, Blake, subscribe to his stub, his Substack. Blake Harris Substack. Uh, subscribe there. Don't be a cheap ass like Cappy. Follow him on Twitter. That's easy and free. At Blake H. Harris. So two H's. Uh, is where you follow him on Twitter. Inside the Ravine is the podcast. All right, pal. Thank you. George, one final thing. Oh. Your last NBA game the other week, mm-hmm. you came with the drip. 
Yeah. I must say, very drippy. Oh, in Denver, very drippy. Serious drip. Right. And I, I Purple panties. Because that, I mean, that was incredible, man. That yeah. was incredible. I, I appreciate you liking the blue turtleneck with the uh, purple and uh, with the, the purple with the thin blue lined uh, suit. There you go, or shirt, or uh, jacket. It wasn't really a suit, so it's just the jacket. But I appreciate that. Thank you. Very sharp. <laughs> Yeah, no worries. Cappy That's said I looked adorbs ad- on he does. social he media. He does. He looked adorbs. That was yeah. the word I used. Yeah, it's the word he used. So there you go. Hey, if, if my girlfriend was in the circle of trust and she saw that photo, yeah, uh, it would have gotten pretty ugly, George. So, oh, really? Oh, wow. She'd have broken up with you immediately. She probably would have, and I'd be watching. Uh, I'd be watching TV right now with someone else, probably. Oh, wow. Man. There you why go. Doesn't she, why doesn't she just dress you like George? <laughs> I mean, hey, she, she dressed me up for that Circle of Trust event, so she might have to get me wearing outfits like that. All right, All right. there you go. All right, Blake, thank you, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Later, All Blake. Right, guys. See you ya. guys have a great weekend. You too. Cappy, uh, before we go, we're going to do Big Deal or No Deal in the last segment because we you know, we had Be Real in here, so we changed everything because, of course, we would because he's Be Real. Mm-hmm. Cypress Hill legend. Um, he's a real L- one. L.A. Southgate legend. Thanks, Christopher. All right, Lynn, you take it away. Thanks, Sedano. All right, guys, so big deal or no deal, uh, abbreviated or slash late, late um, version here today. By the way, I have to say that the tour photographer slash videographer slash like assistant for Be Real in Cypress Hill, he says that he he's like his professional joint roller. Yeah, I can tell. He, he, yeah. gave, he gave me and Josh one, and this thing looks like a cigarette. Well, and I, the only reason I could tell is because I could smell it when he walked oh, in. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, wow, yeah. it smells good. Can I know. S- I never really got to talk to him about weed, which I really wanted to talk to him about. Well, we'll have to have him back. Next time he comes back, it. we'll do more weed. I'll send yeah. you a picture, Cappy. I'm showing I you. I see it. I'm looking right at it right now, now like, on YouTube. It's perfect. It even has like a little glass filter with like the Cypress Hill logo on it. Like, no how way. crazy is that? No he way. said that he, he rolls like thousands of them. Can I get that? Let me hook up with that. Let me have that. I don't know, man. I might keep this for myself, Cappy. Come on, man. Let's let's use it tomorrow after the show. Okay. Before the Lakers. Okay, game. if you're if you're going tomorrow, okay. We'll imbibe. It'll be fine. All right, cool. All right, but yeah, shout out for uh for that. Cool stuff. Shout out for the doobie. Yeah. <laughs> for the doobie. Okay. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Just doobie. Kidding, Just kidding, Cap. <laughs> what shout is it? Nineteen sixty? Like, what doobie? are we doing here? I'll tell you right now, B Real's gump. B Real's driving home right now and he's going, That cap. He gets me. <laughs> <laughs> Better smoke a doobie with him. Love All to. Right. So anyway, uh, Ford Motor Company has applied for a patent with a surprising new approach to repossessing vehicles. Uh, the patent application involves a method for a car whose owner has missed payments to drive itself to a repo lot. <laughs> That's yep. funny. The feature would first lock the person out of the car. A message would be sent to them regarding your delinquent payment. And then it describes a scenario in which the vehicle being repossessed has self-driving capability. Is this a big deal or no deal, Sedano? I mean, big deal because you could be in trouble. You better make sure you make your damn payments. You right. know what I mean? Like, if I'm the car company, I think it's great. Or the bank who's giving you the loan or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. But, I, oh, man. that That's going to make for some interesting uh, scenarios for people who can't afford their cars for one reason or another. Usually you see that the people awesome. that are, like, chasing the tow truck, like, hey, get back here. But this time they're just going to be, like, chasing their car, driving itself. Yeah. Dude, that is absolutely hysterical. Now, look, I guess it's probably a big problem, right? I mean, you know, if, if that if they're trying to create this sort of technology because they're like, look, you know, what percentage of people don't make their payment? And if that percentage is high enough and the car can take off on its own, that's pretty damn funny. Big deal. <laughs> All right, next one. Deion Sanders finds himself immersed in a bit of controversy as he oh, heads no. into year one at Colorado. This time, it's from an atheist group who called him out 
in a letter that they penned to school officials. The letter states that multiple Colorado residents have reached out about Sanders' infusion of his religious views into the football program. The foundation then called upon the university to ensure that Deion Sanders, quote, understands that he has been hired as a football coach and not a pastor. Mm. Is this whole situation a big deal or no deal, Cappy? Ooh, uh, ooh, go ahead, Cappy. I'm going to say big deal for this reason. Yep. First of all, I'll just start off with this. Most football teams, and by the way, probably most sports teams, there is an element of religion because there are people that are religious. So like before a game, people are like, hey, there's a prayer session. You know, and those that want to pray, go pray. And those who don't, don't. But, I mean, every locker room I was ever in, didn't matter what your religion was, everybody sat down before the game, kneeled, and everybody did Our Father. You know? And um, so I that's who Deion Sanders is. That's who Colorado hired. They hired a motivator, a preacher, a father figure, um, a mentor. Correct. And a coach. Yeah. So, you know, it's the atheist group that doesn't like it, because they don't believe in it. Hey, how about this? Mind your own freaking business. Uh, you know what, Cappy? Honestly, I, I couldn't say it better myself, to be honest with you. Normally, I have a lot to add on to these things, but you kind of nailed that one. Because, look, I would say that um, I'm not an atheist. Let's start with that. Like, I would say that I'm somewhere between spiritual and agnostic, right? But... Whatever happened, I think you nailed it with the last part. Whatever happened to just minding your own business, right? right? Whatever happened to just like, hey, if it's like Aaron Rodgers said the thing earlier, right? If you don't like the drama, just keep it moving, right? You, if you think I'm just causing drama, just don't pay attention. Like, go go focus on something else. No, we live in a world, and I blame social media for this, and I'm going to sound like the old guy for a second, but I think social media, as I've said to you, is the greatest and worst invention ever because everyone feels like they need to comment on everything every single damn second of the day, and not everything needs to have a comment, nor not everything needs to be outrage. You know, like, not, you don't have to have outrage about everything. So if Colorado hired him and the school is okay with it, and the Board of Regents are okay with it, and the kids are okay with it, then so be it. I bet you if there's kids who don't want to be a part of whatever Dion is preaching, I'm sure they have an outlet to do so, and under and, and I'm sure he's fine with that, because I'm sure he played with a lot of players in his day that weren't all super religious either, for that matter. Dude, but if you know who Deion Sanders is, you no, know I do. this is a part, right, yeah. this is a, this this is is a part, this part of, his, of what you're getting, yes. This is a part of who he is. Right, but the, again, if it was like, the actual kids that are he's coaching or you know or someone in the actual athletic department that had this issue then maybe it's worth having a conversation about at least kind of figuring out where the common ground could be but it's just like th this just seems silly to me again i've said this a million times to you and i'm going to say it again the new national pastime in america is outrage that's yeah. it that's what it is hey i would just say this um if i were the president of colorado university I hired this guy to fix our football program. So, hey, Mr. Atheist guy who doesn't like that he preaches his Christianity, buzz off, pal. Buzz off, pal. That's a new hotkey. Buzz yeah. off, pal. I like Buzz that. off. I like I mean, that one, Cappy. I haven't used that ever, but I, know, I don't know. It just I seemed like to work. <laughs> anyway, I used buzz rather than the F word. Buzz off. It's yeah. like... <laughs> Never mind. I mean, Coach Dion, Coach Prime getting buck all up in here. Oh, geez. Not that one. All right. Let's go, Let's.
All right. One more. Justin Bieber has canceled all of the remaining dates of his Justice World Tour following health issues. The 29-year-old singer had postponed the tour several times, telling fans last summer that he was suffering from facial paralysis Mm. after a diagnosis of Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. Wow. Yes, he said back in September he wanted to make his health a priority, and then the tour's official Twitter page posted yesterday that ticket holders would automatically receive a refund after the cancellation. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a big deal, and I wanted to ask you guys, have you ever had tickets to a concert that you were, like, super excited about, and then it got canceled? No. Mm. No. That actually has not happened to me. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. I have never, like, bought tickets to a concert that got canceled. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we all kind of dealt with this during the pandemic. I literally was, like, about to board a plane to go somewhere and was told, don't get on the plane! Don't do it! Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll just stay in my house. <laughs> and we did for like we did. years. Yeah. yeah. I know I had my, my uh, when I turned 50, um, I was supposed to have a, con- there, was a, there was a concert at this club that I go to. And then, um, and then, of course, COVID happened and they didn't have it. And then they finally brought it back. I want to say like two years later, we still had the tickets to it. And just as we're getting ready to go, we got COVID. So not only did Bummer. they postpone it, when it finally happened, we had what canceled it in the first place. Total bummer. If that makes sense. Yeah. By the way, um, Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Are you familiar with it, Cappy? Um, the facial thing that he's got. Yeah. Is that where like half your face like falls asleep and then like you, you like? No, it, it's not like. I mean, I think you're referring to Bell's palsy. Oh yeah, that's what I'm. No, Ramsey to. Hunt syndrome is you. We, if you've had chickenpox, you you technically still have Ramsey Hunt syndrome virus what? in you. Yeah. Really, I've had it. I've had chicken pox. Yeah, and that yeah, means you're right. You, you can get what it basically is like a rash. It starts with a rash around your ear, mm-hmm. and then it works to per, yeah, paralyzing a side of your face. I I've had it like so I know what it's like now. Not to the point like Justin Bieber's had it, but yeah, like the left side of my face sometimes. That's, yeah, that's, is, that's crazy. It's not fun. Also, really quick, yeah. the Fugees canceled their tour. Oh yes, they did. I was. Pissed. Yeah, they did. I they was did do that. super pissed. Two yeah. times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So any so shout out to Bieber. Hopefully he gets better. Uh, hey Key, it's Bieber. Um, just had to do that myself because we don't. I don't know if we have the drop, but anyway, oh, no. shout out to Kelvin Washington. But really quick, Anita is already on Comrex. So oh, is she? she? Told, yeah, she told me um, that. What was the concert, Anita? That you? Anita, go ahead. Just tell us. What's we'll, up, Anita? Little crosstalk here. Anita Marks Bet LA is coming up after us. Hello, Anita. Is she there? She's supposed uh, to be there. She's she talking left. to me. Oh, well, she, she got up and left. <laughs> oh, yeah, she probably walked away. She was like, they're talking about Ramsey Hunt syndrome, like, you know. Bell's palsy or whatever. exactly. Uh, All right, we're done here, Cappy. Uh, Great job today. Yeah, nice work by you on the pickleball court. Yes, same here. Uh, Lindsay and Laura, excellent work. Bet LA with our friend Anita Marks is up next.